Hello and welcome to episode 107 of Together BHA. Uh, we are recording a couple of hours after the Arsenal game. Um, so let's just get, get straight down to it. We have a lot to go through today. Uh, I will put out a, a table of contents pretty early on so you know what you're getting here. Um, going into the game, Brighton had won three, drawn two, lost two of our games against Arsenal in the Premier League. Um, Arsenal, of course, had just come off a really good win against Chelsea uh, and were looking to kind of capitalise on their momentum um, by naming an unchanged 11 at the Amex, just two days removed from their from their game against Chelsea. So first, uh, let's talk about the overall match stats before we even get to the table of contents, because uh, frankly, it was one that didn't particularly matter a great deal. Um, and I really don't want to spend too much time on it. Uh, but for those of you that are interested um, in kind of those very basic overall numbers, let's take a quick look. Uh, Arsenal edged the possession 50.01% to our 49.9. Uh, we had 13 shots. They had 11 uh, with only two on target for us and three for them. So it wasn't a great deal going on at either end of the pitch. Um, our XG, our expected goals, uh, was poor at only 0.80. Uh, so those shots we did take were, as as always, uh, simply not good enough. Uh, for Arsenal, it was a little bit better. Uh, 1.31 was their XG today, uh, with Aubameyang being wasteful uh, and Lacazette, of course, being incredibly ruthless. Uh, almost half of that expected goals uh, from Arsenal, that 1.31, was uh, just one particular opportunity, uh, which we will be getting down to uh, shortly. Um, the pass percentage was 82%, so we hit 82% of our attempted passes. Uh, we had five corners to their four, uh, and little of note from all of it. So, table of contents. Let's talk about that team selection. Then let's talk about each individual player today, both in a vacuum and then a quick conversation at the end or just a quick kind of summary at the end uh, as to whether they have a future at the club in the Premier League, whether they have a future at the club in the Championship, um, or neither. Then let's talk about Graham Potter. His role in, in the demise of the Albion this season and the, and the downward trend we're seeing. Um, and then let's talk about the men behind Graham and their role in it. Uh, then, for, for the people who are very much on the Potter Out Brigade, uh, let's look at some of the possible alternatives suggested by Brighton fans uh, and see if they fit the bill we'd need uh, and why or why not. And then... Last but certainly not least, uh, for those who are still on the Potter in wagon, uh, let's take a look at next steps and what needs to change uh, in order to kind of turn our table around um, and be a little bit better off uh, in 2021. So team selection, shocking, to be honest. Uh, I understand that we had Neil Mopai and Danny Welbeck play pretty much 90 minutes uh, 48 hours ago. I can absolutely understand not using them. Um, despite the fact that Arsenal played that full 11, same time, you know, for the same amount of time gone, uh, I can understand Potter not using them. My major concern is the, the sheer lack of trust Graham Potter has in Andy Zakiri and in Aaron Connolly uh, to lead the line, instead opting for Ali Reza Yahambach to be that man. To me, that is a damning indictment of the squad we have at this level. I'm delighted to see David Proper come back, uh, but this team brutally looked like a late round Carabao Cup team. Not good. Squad depth was awful. Uh, and, and to be honest, it, the, the squad depth's decimation over the summer 
was massively apparent today. Uh, was this a way of Graham Potter saying, look at my options here, Mr. Bloom, I, I, I need more? Um, or was this simply a case of Potter thinking he was doing something uh, that was, you know, giving him the best chance to win and keeping as many players, you know, healthy as possible throughout the, the, the season? I don't know what it was going through Graham's head with that decision. Um, you know, we, we, we never will know. Um, but those that played today, uh, a lot of them are not regular Albion players, uh, you know, in that starting 11. So let's take a look at the 11 themselves. Uh, Sanchez. Uh, Sanchez, I think, was... Uh, I'm going to give them all out of 10. Uh, I thought Sanchez was a 7 out of 10 today. Uh, I thought he played well. Um, the reason he's not any higher than a 7 uh, is because his distribution was absolutely poor again. Um, I understand that he wasn't given any choice but to hoof the ball a lot, uh, but his his hoofing was bad. Um, he he made some ex excellent collections of the ball. Uh, he came to collect at set pieces very conf confidently. Uh, his height definitely helped him. Um, and then, of course, you know, made that one tremendous save from Aubameyang. Um, that was the biggest chance of the game. Uh, 0.61 expected goals from that, uh, and it was saved excellently. Um, to me, Sanchez is, is still very much 50-50. Uh, he is looking better as games go by, um, but he continues to, to worry me um, in his ability to distribute the ball. Uh, I don't I don't see him being any better than Matt Ryan currently. Uh, and his questionable decisions under pressure against West Ham were a product of youth, undoubtedly. Um, but one, you know, that we're going to have to deal with as the season goes on, because that, to me, isn't going to go away. Does uh, Sanchez have a Premier League future with the Albion? Yes, uh, absolutely. Does he have a championship future with the Albion? Yes, absolutely. Uh, I think he's probably going to be our number one, whatever division we're in. And I don't think that he is someone that is going to be poached away from us if we were to go down. Joel Veltman, uh, also getting a 7 out of 10 today. Um, I thought he did a good job today for the most part, but was punished brutally on the counter a few times. And that inability to do both the attacking job and the defensive job is why he won't score above a seven today. Um, he made two key passes today on the attack. Uh, although the, the expected goals uh, from those passes was poor, his XGA was, was very poor in terms of the passes he made. Um, he is doing his best to emulate Tarek Lamptey, right? No doubt that's what he's trying to do and, and massive credit to him. But he can't do that because his pace doesn't allow him to get away with it. Um, he did an okay job. He, he won more fouls than anybody else today uh, with two, um, as well as the most interceptions today with four, um, which was more than anybody else by a fair bit. Now, personally, I prefer Joel Veltman as centre-back. I think he does well there. I would prefer him to I would prefer him over Ben White, actually, to play central defensive midfielder if we had to do that again. Um, not that I like the idea of playing either of them at a central defensive midfielder, but if we had to, I would actually prefer Veltman to play there than Ben White. Um, does he have a Premier League future? Does Joel Veltman have a future at the Albion in the Premier League? Yes, I think he does. Uh, I think he is a, a much better player and alternative than Leon Balogun was. Um, does he have a championship future? No. 
Um, I think there's no doubt he will leave, whether it's to go back to the Netherlands or whether he will, you know, hop on the, the Burnley wagon or or the Swansea wagon if they go up or somewhere like that. Uh, I would expect him to to sign for another Premier League team uh, and, and hop over with no issue whatsoever. Next up, Lewis Dunk. I give Lewis Dunk a six today. Um, he made one key pass, uh, but also got a yellow card. Um, it was a good foul, to be honest, and looked good at the back for the most part, but was once again undone by a counter-attack. Um, it almost feels like he, he seems unsure of his teammates' positioning when defending. Is this a problem with an inconsistent back line? To me, I think it is, actually, yes. Uh, but as a captain of the team, he should be the one leading and, and being that example, not someone else struggling to find their, their position and, and their spot in the team. Um, two interceptions today, two clearances, uh, a block shot, and, and put in a decent shift, but, you know, it, it could have been better. Um, Premier League future, yes, of course. Uh, I think he's definitely pinned his mass now. Um, I think there's no doubt in my head that, that Lewis Dunk will remain a Brighton player for the rest of his career uh, if we stay up. Uh, championship. I also think he's going to stay if we go down um, for similar reasons. Uh, I think he is. I think he has decided to be that one club man. Uh, controversial, yes. I don't think many people will agree with me. Um, but I think if we go down this year, I don't think Lewis Dunk will go anywhere. Um, I think he will be with us. Should Lewis Dunk be club captain? Now that's an interesting question, um, and. And one I, I don't think is a yes. Um, I don't think Lewis is a captain. Um, I, he does not lead. He is not the man shouting on the pitch um, and, and leading people on. Um, and, it, and it's interesting because Robin, uh, a guest on the show many times, and, and also uh, commentators um, in, on NBC Peacock today, and Graham Potter... Uh, seem to also acknowledge that there is another centre-half um, that may be able to do that job. And that man is Adam Webster. Uh, he gets an 8 out of 10 for me today. Uh, had more touches on the pitch than anyone else. 83% pass accuracy. accuracy, uh, And pushed the team on. It felt like he was the one driving the team on. One tackle, two clearances. Um, it almost feels like he is the unofficial captain at the back. Um, and I genuinely believe we have to think about that in the future. Uh, we are lacking leaders, and Webster seems to be one. Um, does it make a difference if he gets an armband? I, I, I'm not sure it does, um, but he's someone that we need to be leaning on to, to show that seniority. Um, he was very comfortable on the ball today. He, he drove forward with the ball today. Um, does he have a future with us in the Premier League? Absolutely, yes. Does he have a future with us in the Championship? Yes, I do. I do believe he would stay. And I'll tell you why. I think that if we were to go down, I honestly think that all the attention would be so much on Ben White, who I think would leave, uh, that you may well see Webster and Dunk go under the radar. Um, one, because I truly think Dunk will stay regardless. Um, and two, because Webster is almost an unsung hero and everybody's more interested in Ben White. And for that reason, I think he would just slide under the radar and stay. Um, I mean, obviously, with all of these things, we'll see. 
but that's truly my belief. I think Webster would stay. Um, and I think if Dunk was to go, I think he would be club captain within a heartbeat. Dan Byrne, 5 out of 10. Uh, was at fault for the goal today. Went way out of position. Was sucked way out of position. Uh, again, leaning in here to, to Dunk. And, and his looking like he's not sure as to where everybody is and what they're doing. Um, to me, it, it was pretty clear that, that he was at fault for the goal today. Uh, he allowed Lacazette all the time in the world to pick his spot. He offers nothing at set pieces, and he is a six foot seven human being. How are you six foot seven and offering nothing at set pieces? Zero accurate crosses out of three attempts. Um, to me, Byrne is becoming more and more out of his depth when we see players like White and Veltman playing those spots instead. Um, so does Dan Byrne have a future with the Albion in the Premier League? No. Uh, I, I do not believe Dan Byrne should be in contention for a starting 11 spot, uh, barring a major injury crisis. Do I think he has a future in the Championship? Yes, of course I do. Uh, he has experience playing in the Championship extensively. Uh, he would, you know, be a, a superb covering central defender if we ended up, you know, letting Ben White and and uh, and Joel Veltman go. Um, and and you know, for some reason, Matt Clark or somebody else wasn't sticking around. Uh, you would imagine he would slot in very nicely. Uh, but a Premier League defender, um, I do not see him having much of a future in that position. Davy Proper uh, gets an 8 out of 10 for me today. I thought he dictated the game in the midfield a lot today. Um, he was very impressive after such a long time out, in my opinion. Um, three shots, one on target. Wasn't afraid to get a shot off on goal. Wasn't afraid to make some adventurous runs. Uh, helped out defensively too. Um... I'm happy to see him back and see no reason at all why he cannot take that Lalana role when Lalana is inevitably hurt. Um, I think he's more than good enough to do it um, and and would like to see him get a run of games now, frankly. Maybe Wolves will be a bit too soon because he has been out for so long. Um, but Davy Proper coming back uh, is someone that simply has to be getting more game time now. Um, does he have a future with us in the Premier League? Yes, I think he does. Um, simply because that we saw today, he, he definitely has to have a role. Um, and when you put him side by side next to somebody, uh, like Pascal Gross, you know, you can see he offers so much more, um, in every single way. So to me, he absolutely does have a future. Um, if we were to go down, he will definitely leave, uh, again, either for the Netherlands or, or perhaps somewhere else in Europe or even the UK. Uh, but he's a top division midfielder, no doubt about it, um, and would definitely no longer be with the Albion if we went down. On to Pascal Gross. Six out of ten. Ineffectual. Uh, two slower players in front of him. Was absolute dog shit at set pieces today. Uh, three key passes, but crap XGA. Uh, defensively was pretty good, made three tackles, which was the joint most in the team. But that isn't a job Pascal should be doing. Um, it leaves him no opportunity to play quarterback today. Uh, this was not a game for a luxury player like Gross to be in. Um, and shouldn't have played in this 11, in my opinion. Potter got that, that decision totally wrong. Um, and, and it should not have been... A decision that was made at all it it was strikingly bad um does he have a future in the premier league uh, i'm gonna say no actually 
Um, I think uh, if if Moda is is half the player we think he is, and with proper coming back today and McAllister, uh, I I don't see any reason why Gross should continue to play for us. Um, I think we should be able to cash in um, for a team that are coming up. I said last year uh, a team like West Bromwich Albion would die to have someone like Pascal Gross in that midfield. Um, he would win them eight more points a season on their own. Does he have a role in the championship? Yes, I do think so. Will he stay? I don't think he would. Um, but would he be good enough to stick around in the championship? Yes, I think he would. I think he would take the piss, to be honest, uh, in the championship. Uh, that extra time that he would get would just, it would just be, it would make Knockout's Championship Player of the Year season uh, look tame in comparison, I believe. But in the Premier League, I, I, I don't think he has a role. Um, I really don't. Bisuma, 8 out of 10. Was almost my man of the match again, to be honest. Um, he is truly becoming a class above everybody else. Uh, one key pass, three tackles, three clearances, three successful dribbles. Was joint first in almost all of those stats. He just looks so much better than everybody else, to be honest, doesn't he? Um, I think he's just... He is growing week on week, month on month. Uh, and I believe when we signed him, I made uh, a bold prediction that he will be sold for £80 million pounds or more. I truly believe that we could comfortably get that amount for Basuma currently. Um, I think he is definitely playing up to that price tag. I really believe it. I think he is just so good. He would become Arsenal's best midfielder the day he signed his contract. He would become one of the better... He would be... I would rather have Bissouma in that Manchester United midfield than I would rather have Paul Pogba every day of the week. And if there's a Manchester United fan out there that wouldn't rather have Bissouma than this Pogba that's playing for you right now, psychopath, you're nuts. He's so much better than that player. He's better than... He's just so good. He's just so good. Um, I'd... Does he have a future with us in the Premier League? No. Uh, no, he doesn't. I think he's. it's a matter of uh, a ticking time bomb. Uh, if he doesn't leave in January, he's absolutely gone in the summer, whether we stay up or not. Does he have a future with us in the Championship? Um, <laughs> no. Uh, he, would, he would be out the door faster than uh, we could possibly get him. Um, teams like Real Madrid and, and you know Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, whoever... Uh, would literally be queuing up out the door to to take him away from us um, if we went down. Uh, they may well be queuing up as we speak, even with us in the Premier League. My man of the match uh, was Bernardo, actually. He also gets an 8 out of 10. Um, he was very good today. Very, very good. Highest XG in the team. Uh, four shots, two key passes, uh, one one foul. Uh, won seven aerial duels. Uh, Webster was next with three. The majority of those aerial duels were attacking aerial duels. He provided more of an offensive aerial threat than any player I've seen this season for the Albion. He also uh, had three tackles, which was joint first. And his XGA from the passes he was making with the two key passes was also top of the charts. He looked dangerous everywhere. He was able to keep Hector Bayer in totally silent. Um, in my opinion, you 
you put in a performance like that and and you need to be playing more, in my opinion. He has to start more. I love Solly at left wing back. I absolutely think Solly March is a superb left wing back. But this could be the chance for, for both so, to play them both. Play Solly higher up in a team that needs pace further forward that Solly has. Why not play Solly and Bernardo on the left as opposed to Trossard? You have two players that can cover back. You have two players that can go forward. You have two players that aren't afraid to, you know, get up there and attack the ball. Um, it, to me, it, it would be almost a perfect kind of synergy. Um, does Bernardo have have a future in the Premier League? Uh, off of today's performance, yes. Off of outside of the vacuum of the game, no. Right, like you've got Sonny March at left wing back, you have Kabalnik or Kabalnik, uh, whatever you pronounce his name as, coming in. You would assume that would be for Bernardo to leave. Does he have a future in the championship? Yes, absolutely. I think you've got to keep him on as a championship left back if he's willing to stay. Uh, my concern is I don't think he would be willing to stay. Um, if we can't guarantee Bernardo a starting berth in the championship, I think he would have every right to leave. Um, and and I think that's exactly what would happen. Ali Reza, Johan Baksh, 6 out of 10, poor again, uh, ineffectual up front. The only reason I'm going to give him a 6 and not l lower than that uh, is simply because he's not a striker and was made to play as a striker, and I felt bad for him. That's my sympathy rating. Um, and it was abundantly clear today. Two shots, one on target. A decent shot at that, but his runs were midfielder's runs. His positioning was a midfielder's positioning. He was put into a shit roll by Potter, and it showed. Does Ali Razor have a, have a Premier League future? No, he does not. Does he have a championship future? Yes, he sure as shit does. He absolutely needs to stay and play in the championship. That could be the spark in his career that he needs going imagine going down to the championship and Ali Razor playing championship teams he will score 15 to 20 goals in that division and then you've got an Ali Razor with 10 assists and 20 goals going into the Premier League and on fire maybe that would be what he needs maybe that's the catalyst if we go down we have to keep him if we stay up we've got to get rid of him we're just wasting money on him otherwise he's just not good enough Substitutions, Trossard, Solly, and Mopai uh, barely affected a single thing. Um, not really much time to, or really not much worth in, in going into those. Um, so we're just going to move on. Snore. They did nothing. In fact, we looked worse when they came on, which is bizarre because we didn't even have a striker to begin with. All right. Next up, let's take a look at these people and look at what their role they are playing in our in our downward trend. Graham Potter. Vacuum. Team selection was poor. Should have started a striker. Zakiri or Aaron Connolly must start today. It is 100% unacceptable for them to not have a starting spot sewn up, with Mopai and Welbeck not being picked as the starting 11. He made his subs too late, albeit seconds too late, but they were too late. Uh... Outside of the vacuum, he has reverted back to his first season tactics and style. At some point, it looks like he is going to have to revert back again, revert, revert, to the end of season pragmatism that he was displaying against Sheffield United, Wolves, 
uh, and and you know those games in in Project Restart. At some point, he's going to have to do that. The sooner, the better. At this point, now his role in the overall demise is is pretty simple. Actually, uh, he doesn't know what his best eleven is. Um, I truly believe he knows what his best eight is, but his best eight are never fit. So he doesn't know what his best eleven is. He does not adapt quickly enough to change his managers make against him. They may give him time in the championship and in Sweden to make changes to adapt, or they are more maybe more simplistic in the changes they make. I don't know, but either he is not making those changes quickly enough or he is too naive and he's having faith in the plan to be good enough to stop their plan no matter what changes they make. These mistakes are huge. We're seeing it with Dunk not looking like he trusts the people around him. Players are struggling to find a rhythm. And relying on players like Lalana, who cannot stay healthy, is just a recipe for disaster. He, His team selection at times is just poor. He's not playing in players where they, where they succeed. Ben White at right wing back. Um, you know, Ben White at central defensive midfield. Ali Reza Yahanbach is a striker. Um... It's not good enough, and things need to change. The sooner, the better. The board and the recruitment team. Uh, no investment in the team. In the starting squad, playing squad, we've had no investment over the summer. Last year, uh, you know, if Tarek Lamptey got hurt, you would be able to play Martin Montoya at right wing back. He's a better option than any other right wing back option we have right now outside of Lamptey. At centre back, if you needed to shore up the back for set pieces, which we are struggling with, you bring in Shane Duffy, he's gone. We have invested in players that either are not at the Albion, Moda, Karbalnik, uh, or we have invested players that were gambles that have failed on the cheap. Lalana injured all the time. And he's not... Do you know what? I'm so pissed off about the Lalana stuff because we signed a man on a three-year contract that has broken our wage structure, which, by the way, all of our fans online will complain about. If I suggest that we sign a player that's expensive, people get upset at me breaking the wage structure. Well, guess what? We did it. Adam Lalana was the breaking of the wage structure. We then had to move Lewis Dunk up to help that wage structure because he wanted to be paid that much. And Lalana can't get through 45 minutes of a frigging game. Welbeck is never good enough. He went down with Watford. He didn't score enough goals at the decent teams he was at with great players around him. And he can't stay healthy when he does start scoring goals. We know we have needed a striker for four years that provides a presence in the box. Darwin Nunez was that. Ollie Watkins was that. I genuinely believe Potter would have got us six more points this season alone with Ollie McBurney up there. And he has been wank for Sheffield United. Currently, the board are getting what they pay for, and I hold them just as responsible for the problems as Potter. Potter is making mistakes at a micro level that are potentially costing us points week in and week out mid-game, and with his lineups, playing players out of position. But the board have cost us on a macro level this year. This entire season will be a case of lost points due to their lack of investment, and both of them need to take accountability. Now, there's always going to be one take more accountability than the other. Potter out. That's when Potter takes more accountability than everybody else. What now? Potter's gone from the club. He's no longer Brighton and Albion's manager. Where do we go from here? We need to sign a manager. 
I put it to Twitter. Albion fans, who would you want as a realistic replacement for Graham Potter? A long list of names came out. Some joke ones and some good ones. Uh, so let's go through the list that Albion fans have created on Twitter as a short list. Um, and we will look at them. We will assess whether these are realistic, uh, in my opinion, of course. Um, and we will take a look at, you know, whether they are ones that we would be happy with coming in uh, if we could even do it. Number one name thrown about constantly, Eddie Howe. Does he fit the mould? Yes, of course he does. He's young, he's British, he's good playing with youth. Um, but I don't think he's realistic, and I'll tell you two reasons why. I think he would want more money than we are willing to pay him. Uh, because we're going to have to pay, you know, six to eight million to get rid six point eight million, I think it was, to get rid of Potter. At this point, we're then probably going to have to pay him a decent chunk of money to come in himself. He has no interest in coming back right now. He said it verbatim on an article in an interview. He's very, very happy with his time out of football, and he will consider his options in the summer. We would need to throw money at him in January. Not only will we have to throw money at him, but Eddie Howe is a manager that succeeds when transfer funds are thrown at him too. When he went to Burnley, he was not given transfer funds, and he was not good. When he went back to Bournemouth, he was given loads of transfer funds, and he gave them a decent couple of years. Very much so. He's always been backed with money, and we would not be able to do that. I do not see Addy Howe as a realistic manager appointment, and I don't think it would ever happen. Leonardo Jardim, or Yardim, I don't know how you pronounce his name, uh, ex-Monaco manager, currently out of a job, so we wouldn't have to pay any kind of compensation fee, same with Eddie Howe. He's not British, but he is young, and he has fabulous, fabulous work with youth players. Two reasons why I don't think we're going to get him, or even really put him in a conversation with Brighton and Nova Albion. Coming in right now would be a huge risk to this man's reputation. His last time that he managed a team was last year, and he took Monaco to uh, a League One title, beating PSG out of it, and he also took them to you know a Champions League place and played Champions League football. Coming to an, Al an Albion side or a relegation Premier League side is way too much of a risk to his reputation if he gets relegated. I don't think he would be willing to do it. Not only that, but I don't think we can afford him. I you know, we couldn't afford Rafa Benitez, and that's that's the kind of level we're looking at with 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 Leonardo. I I do not see that as something that's that's realistic. Uh, next option, Pochettino, uh, more laughable than than the other two put together. Let's move on. Would you love to see Pochettino? Of course. Would it ever happen? What's even the point? Uh, next up, Liam Rosinha. Assistant coach at the Albion, of course, he was, he was rather, uh, great knowledge of the club, great knowledge of the ownership, uh, clearly knows what direction this club was always intending to go in, um, but he has no real experience in managing a club. Would it be fair to bring him in to try and save us? Would he be willing to leave Derby County? Uh, would, be, would we be looking to use him as the long-term option? The, the risk of relegation and sacking is a big risk for Liam. Would you, as a, as a manager or a coach, want to leave something that is starting to become very good and probably very well paid at Derby uh, to risk being let go at the end of the summer for getting the team relegated? 
He can't just walk back into his coaching role at Derby, most likely. I think it would be an incredibly naive appointment and a pretty poor one. Um, for that reason, I'm out. Claudio Ranieri, uh, huge experience, but would come with a huge price tag. He's currently managing Sampdoria, who would not want to let him go, along with the fact that his only experience in a relegation battle was Fulham. Uh, he managed 17 games for Fulham in their relegation fight, and he won three of them. Why would we pay more uh, and upheave the squad for the same problem we've currently got, and that's not winning enough games? He also wouldn't be a long-term appointment. He's never spent more than a couple of years at any team. Clearly, Bloom and Barber and Ashworth and Co. want a manager that is willing to stick around for the long haul and succeed with them. No chances Ranieri ticking any of those boxes. Bruno. No managerial experience. I truly, truly believe Bruno may well be our manager when I'm doing this podcast in 2025, but not now. He isn't ready. In the same way that you see those young heavyweight boxers, or just any boxer, right? No, None of these young heavyweight boxers are ready to fight Anthony Joshua or Tyson Fury. They're, they're, they're five fights in. They're, they're not ready to go for a world title yet. They need to get more experience under their belt, more real-time stuff. He isn't ready for this, not yet. It wouldn't be fair to Bruno. It wouldn't be fair to, to the team. It would be just a, a shockingly short-sighted decision. Um, which leads us on to the to the final one that I saw uh, on the list, and one that I am actually good with. And that one is Nathan Jones. He fits the requ- prerequisites that I believe that Tony Bloom would want. Young, British, happy to work with youth, happy to work within a budget, and willing to work in the long haul. Nathan Jones fits every single one of those, as well as having a previous affinity with the Albion. He is doing superbly at Luton. He would command a similar fee to Potter, which would be a negative, right? Luton would probably want some money for him. Um, he may well want a little bit more control uh, for for the you know for the movement in and out of the club, but with his Luton role, maybe that's not the case. You know, maybe not. He has a great affinity for Brighton. He knows the way we work. He obviously, similar to Liam, knows the role that we're going for. Would he want to leave Luton for a second time? The first time he did it went poorly. He got his chance to go back, and he's doing superbly again. Would he risk it? That's the question. Could you tempt Nathan Jones into it? This is my number one pick, my only pick. If we got rid of Graham Potter tomorrow, there is only one man I want holding up that stupid Brighton scarf saying, look at me, I'm the new manager. And that man is Nathan Jones. That is my pick. Now... After that bombshell of me actually finding a manager I'll be happy appointing instead of Potter, let's take a look at the Potter in crowd. All right, Potter in. Uh, The board are willing to take the accountability for the failures that they have made, and Potter is to remain in the the squad, uh, with the squad. What now? The answer is simple. You simply must back him in January. 
or make a very clear statement that he is going nowhere long term and state your investment very clearly. You need to, if you are Bloom and Barber, you need to come out in January nice and early and say, we are not spending money in January. We cannot afford to. Uh, we will take the risk of relegation under Graham. We will continue to grow under Graham. We will continue to develop our youth under Graham. And he is the man that we are picking to take us forward regardless of league next year. That's the clarification they need to make. Because currently, the motive clearly is not top 10 in the Premier League. Personally, I think Albion need to give Potter a bunch of money. Uh, give him 50, 50 million quid. Give him 70 million quid. We spent more than that on Chris Hutton. We spent more than that on Ali Reza, freaking Jachenbach, and Jürgen Lacardia, and, you know, other waste men. Let's do it now. Bring in a striker and allow Potter to get in one or two players he wants with little to no limits, unless it's ridiculous on the wage stuff, right? Like, say Lalana's on, like, 90 grand. Let's not bring in Diego Costa at 200 grand. Obviously, I'm not saying that. But you need to do one of two options as, as the board. You either need to accept that we are not adequate, adequately equipped to be a decent Premier League team and state that and accept that and back him regardless or back him, back him with the cash and see what happens because that's the only way forward, in my opinion, um, if you're going to choose to keep him in. You've got to do one of those two things. Personally, I'm still pottering. Uh, however much I keep looking at Mr. Jones's name and liking the idea, uh, Potter is still the man for me. I think he's doing uh, as good a job as he can. I trust him that he will continue to stamp out these dumb mistakes he's making. I hope he does. Uh, and we will go from there. But next up, Wolverhampton away on my birthday. Uh, so we will see how that goes, and I will be back this weekend to cover that and, and take a look at what's going on. Uh, I would love to hear your views on on that, that head coaching option, uh, and, and I will speak to you all next time. Be safe. Have a, have a lovely new year. Be safe, and I'll speak soon.